You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. All right, welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back, and this is episode 241. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, as always, uh, make sure you go to the archive. I had some funny-ass people recently. Uh, this is CJ, CJ Landry, Janessa Carlin, uh, Rebecca Trent I had on. Uh, the list goes on and on. I reposted some old stuff that when I had Godfrey and um, John Stringer, bunch of funny people. So make sure you go to the archives. We're on Spotify. We're everywhere. If you're listening to this, you probably listen on one of those. Uh, but anyway, and also follow Hip Hop Bingo. I'll be making an announcement pretty soon about that. So uh, make sure you follow Hip Hop Bingo on Instagram. The feedback BAK, of course, everywhere. Now let's get to my guest. I'm really excited for real because. I've been wanting to talk to you for a minute, and now I've only met you like twice. (laughs) I got Simply Courtney in the building. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. And real quick, before we on air, I was telling you, congratulations. Congratulations are still in store. You said, what was the number, 241 right here? Yeah, 241. 241, dude, that is no small feat to keep doing something for this long. Dude, my hat off to you. So Thank you, thank you. Thank you. The list will never end. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. I mean, you're talking some of the names you just named off for people that I know for a fact don't necessarily even live in this market or this scene. I don't know the setup if you're just specifically to this scene or not. But either way, if you're first of all just doing comedy, that's infinite. So good, yeah, good on you, man. No, exactly, exactly. No, I, I appreciate it. And then, and you know, uh, I started doing this podcasting in 2013. Okay, okay. And I, there was there was there wasn't that many in Austin, believe it or not. No. No, no, it wasn't. No, there was uh, Johnny Gowdy was the one who had a. He already had like four hundred episodes because he does music shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I did at first. It was all like nightlife, entertainment okay. type shit. So okay. DJs, artists, yeah. musicians, door guys, bartenders. Yeah, go go back to the archives. It goes deep. It goes. We got some really good shit yeah. uh, in the archives. But I started, you know, focusing on comedy more, and I'm oh. like, I'm enjoying the shit out of it. So what thank you, you for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, it, Happy New Year. I've been asking you can that. Say, it. say Happy New Year. Are you asking from having a Happy New Year? Or are you asking? Okay no, is it okay to say Happy New Year? I say say Happy New Year to anybody that you haven't seen either one since the New Year, or I'd say for the first month or so, you can still say Happy New Year. Thirty first. So, That's always established. Thirty first. Thirty first. After that, it's like no, nah, now nah, you just you just you just running out of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to tell hey, you. Hey, I used to say Happy Holiday. I worked in my job and we'd answer the phone anytime there was a holiday coming up. Uh-huh. Either it had just passed, I'd just be like. Hey, this is Courtney. I'm going to help you all. Oh, by the way, happy holidays. Uh, so it's like you never can get wrong with Oh, that. well, happy MLK Day. There's a tape in this on MLK see, Day. MLT, MLK Day. Did you happy work today? Holiday. I did not. Wait, did I work today? <laughs> you have to think about it. Well, it's only my, 8 o'clock. My job is totally different. Like what I tell people, what constitutes work for me now is totally different. So I don't work a traditional 9 to 5. Uh-huh. But anytime that I have to answer an email or I have to set up something, I do consider a piece of that work. So. The answer is no. <laughs> I didn't working work today. what? I'm working on setting up some things. So I have like a few little, I'll call it a small business that I have. And it's pretty much me going out and entertaining different places. And so what I do is I send out, I don't do necessarily a cold call. Mm-hmm. I call and I email at the same time. And then what happens is they either accept and they say, hey, we'd love to have you over. Or they don't accept. And so I had some people that were accepting stuff while I was driving on my way back in town. So I consider that a little bit of work, but not real work 
That's so vague as fuck. Like it's very it's, vague. <laughs> I'm keeping it vague for a reason. It's purposeful. Oh, vague. gotcha, yes. gotcha. You're an entertainer. Yes. And people, you call them people. You're you're a sales guy. You're a traveling I'm salesman. Sell, I'm selling myself. Yes, I am. All right. And you, others as well. You guys can infer whatever you want out of that statement. Straight up. But all I know is this brother's working right now. <laughs> I am. I am. I would love to be like, no, nah, I'm not working. It's like, no, nah, you're working. So, I, I did yeah. too. I did. I was. I mean. I work for a small software company okay. as a project manager, okay. and every year I look up if we if we have MLK Day off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. No, no way. No, no. Working from home or is there office? No, nah, I go to office. I can't. I can't work from home. Okay. And now that I actually own a home, I don't even want to work from home. I respect that because that's like it's 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 a different vibe, especially with you know COVID and shit. Right. But you can't replace having face-to-face meeting. I agree. You can't replace, just like you can't replace having face-to-face comedy. Right. I mean, you try you, you try with whatever you got, whatever's right. available, whatever people are comfortable with. I respect that. Right. But, you know, I'm tired of Zoom. <laughs> I understand that. I'm tired of Zoom and, and uh, what's the other one, everybody? Uh, Teams, Google, Hangout, and nobody hanging out. It's, it's just... <laughs> Staring at a screen. Meanwhile, you have like five tabs open. You're yeah. watching something else. You're right. catching up on Ozark and, <laughs> and you're doing your taxes or whatever. You're like, nah, man. I, when I'm talking to you, like I want to talk to you. So you can't replace that at all. That, we'll see. It, it's fine. I, I will say that I was I was in that mindset when it first came to doing the Zoom comedy. I think now we're two years in. Mm-hmm. And we're doing the online stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't like this. When I first got on, um, I had somebody invite me to a show. Mm-hmm. And there was no audience. The only feedback I got was feedback. Plug. Uh, the only feedback that it's I got was going to happen um, a lot. Oh, it is. Not, uh, the only me, feedback yeah. that I got was some comics that were waiting to go up. They would type, and sometimes they'd be typing about stuff that doesn't even have nothing to do with you while you're performing. So you're like, "Am I funny?" And it was one of those things that I had to rely on myself and my own timing mm-hmm. to know. Okay, here's my joke. Here's where the laugh occurs. Let me pause for a second. So this laugh happens. Yeah. And now let me go into the next part. I hated it. I you can't you can't gauge it because people got different connections. Correct. Internet connections. Right. So the laugh could be delayed. And you, right. You're about to start your next joke and someone's laughing because they, they're right. still on you or know, your connection. On 5G. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's bad. a lot of so factors. The problem with that one was I said, I cannot do comedy like this. Mm-hmm. We have to figure out a way to get people to where I have some people, even if I just have a setup, what I call a setup piss in a barrel audience. And so the next time somebody approached me to start running my own stuff, I said, here's what I have. I have a list of demands. Mm-hmm. We need to have at least some audience. So that way, if I'm going to bring you comics, I need to have them have a way where there can be some kind of feedback, meaning, you know, audio or uh, what we call it. They can look at the faces. They can have visual, but I need something. And so we were doing a little show with the little theater here. And we were working through OBS, I think. And we were working through OBS. We were working yeah, OBS, through, uh, yeah. It's OBS, but what was the team called? It wasn't Meetup. When I remember it, I'll tell you. But either way, it wasn't Zoom. But it was, that was closer. <laughs> it was something that wasn't Zoom, but it was something that was close to it. And we were able to get a few people in there that were just strictly audience only. Uh-huh. And the comics feedback afterwards was that, yo, that ran a lot closer to a show. Because at this point, a lot of places were closed. Now, because we're in Texas... There were still a lot of rooms that were open, uh-huh. but a lot of people that I, were bring, I was bringing to the shows were from all over the world. It, oh, you know, okay. So I had people that were in places that were in straight up lockdown, and this was their outlet. And so 
for me to kind of like, you know, just poop on Zoom comedy or online comedy wouldn't be fair because I know there's a lot of people that's that all got. this was all they had. And yeah, here's yeah, the crazy yeah. part. There's a lot of people that that's all they have now. And there's some people that may never feel comfortable going out into a club situation again. And so for me, I understand because I don't necessarily run into the whole germophobia and all of that stuff. Sure. But I get it, though. And I totally understand the last thing you want to do right now is go somewhere and literally and physically rub elbows with people. Right, right, and right. so you still want to get your you know, jollies off by laughing at stuff. So this online, for lack of you know better word, is here to stay. There's some people that aren't going to like it. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, I was one of the people that didn't like it at first. But now I appreciate it and I love it because there's a way that you can manipulate it and make it work for you. And that's something that really? I've, learned yeah. to, I've learned how to do it even through phones. I'm not going to profess that I'm the guru and I'm the greatest and all that stuff, uh-huh. but I can make it work for me. Yes. Wow. I mean, just the the response alone is like, it's, so let's say you're in a Zoom call, Mm -hmm. whatever platform it is, right? Mm -hmm. But you have, say what, 100 people? Mm -hmm. 100 people in a Zoom call, right? So you're you're the pin one or the Uh presenter, right? Uh Right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, all eyes on you. And in a a way, it could be just like a comedy, like a live comedy show, because you don't know what the hell other people are doing. They could be eating. They could be just on their phone. But how do you how do you handle the the people heckle by chatting? In which case, they can't heckle because you don't have to look at that. Like, what's the the mic? Oh, the mic. Everybody's muted. No, 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 no. So I'm gonna make sure we get the chatting part right because this is where the terminology has to. We have to make sure we sync up. And by the way, the app uh, system, whatever you want to call it, was Ring Central. That was the thing we were using. Yeah, oh, something that's it's close to Zoom, but it's yeah. a little more. You have a little more interface to it. Uh, now, when we're saying chatting, are we talking about typing, chatting, yeah, typing, or yeah. vocally chatting, chatting? No, like typing. Oh, the typing thing—that's fine. Um, there's a way that you can set it up to where you don't even see right. the chat. And so, some people that'll mess with some people won't. Myself, uh, I have a improv background, so improvisation mm-hmm. is something that is my superpower. So when I see somebody say something, even though I'm doing my set. Mm-hmm. I see it. It doesn't throw me off. Now, if it's something that I can elaborate on or expand upon, I will. If it's something that just, you know, it's just pure hogwash or something like that, it doesn't bother me. Some comics can find that difficult. Mm-hmm. Myself, personally, that's no different than me performing and they're doing the check drop, you know? But how do, how do people heckle? All kind of ways, baby. That's, listen, <laughs> listen let me tell you some like... real shit now. <laughs> people can heckle. Now, listen, there are so many things that can happen. There's like a little thing called a phenomenon called Zoom bombing. Where somebody can literally get into, like, say you post your your link or whatever it is. Somebody gets on there that has no intention of being a nice person. Let's call it that. Uh And then they can get on there and they can just yell whatever they want. Or some people might get on there and blast or say very profane or ugly things. Mm -hmm. That's a way. Um, People can just talk and then maybe by accident you'll have an incidental thing where somebody doesn't know that they're muted or they're not muted. And they're talking and doing whatever. And then all of a sudden, their voice comes through while somebody's trying to tell jokes. But to me, here's the deal. That's no different than regular comedy. In real life, if you're trying to tell jokes, and let's say you're at a bar, Mm -hmm. and then somebody's extra loud at the bar, that's the same thing. Yeah, I see see how it's the same. It's, I assumed, Mm -hmm. wrongly apparently, that... I'm telling jokes. I mute every motherfucker in this room. No, because you want to hear the laugh. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll unmute everybody when it's time to laugh. 
<laughs> hey, if that's how you can do it, listen. If you can do that, boy, that's go a for lot. It. That's a lot that's of keyboard control. control. That's that damn. Uh, what was that? The damn octopus on this one. Go after everything. <laughs> no, nah, man. No, nah, I'm kidding. But you I, talk to him up front, though. You talk to him up front, and I always say the host. Your job is the host. Uh-huh. Is to kind of let that be known. I've seen some people with some really good productions that have come up and they said, "Hey, here's the deal. We have like because normally what you have is a, they'll call it a, a bouncer, and so you'll have one person whose job is to admit people." And then you may have one or two other people. It's just like an admin, or not even a minute, moderator yeah, on yeah. a forum. And so you'll have those people. Their job is solely to sit there. And if anybody's being too overly zealous with making noise, uh-huh. or if somebody's on there being a nuisance or being disruptive, mm-hmm. then they can mute them or they can kick them, out. kick them out. You know. And so, I mean, there are some real productions that I've seen on this. And like I'm talking about my first one I did, dude, we, didn't, we were doing it through... Man, I can't even. I don't even think we're doing it through Zoom, but we may have. But they were streaming us to um, Twitch. Okay. They were streaming us to Twitch, and so the problem with that was the audience was watching through Twitch. We didn't see the reactions. We only saw what was told to us, and so oh. I would tell a joke into nothing. I wouldn't hear anything, and then I would be like, "Okay, now tell the next joke." It was god awful. And it was like, you know, they were figuring it <laughs> here's out. A, here's an avatar of badge yeah, on the, the chat. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I don't know if y'all are laughing or not. And I know there's some guys that go, like, guys that go live on social media, uh-huh. Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. That's a lot of how they deal with it. And they just have to see what, what's being chatted at them and typed at them. So I get it. But, man, I was like, there has to be a better way. And, and I'll never forget telling myself, I was like, I'm not doing this again. I will wait this damn pandemic out. And then I got approached by some other people to do a show. And I started thinking to myself, I was like, dude. If I could just get the audience to unmute and have their cameras on, mm-hmm. I got this. And so I did a show. I think I was in um, man, I want to say I was in Belgium. Don't don't quote me on that. I was somewhere across. He's gonna the say that like it's nothing. Well, well, no, no, no. Because <laughs> there was two people. These are my two the two aha moments I had. Uh-huh. And so I was doing a show. It was out of the country, and a totally different time zone. All of that, and I'll never forget. I just stopped my set for a second. I said, "Hey, man." And I don't even know if I told them to turn their, their cameras and mics on or what, but I asked the person a question. Because, I mean, we're all English speaking here. Mm-hmm. And I just talked. And I had fun with them. And I still related it back to being able to tell jokes. And then from then on, I was like, dude, it doesn't have to be a one-sided conversation. Now, I know that for all intents and purposes. You're comic, inviting it. <laughs> you, well, hear me out. Hear me out, though. The comic has to be the one that's controlling the conversation. Sure. But... I don't have to just see them and just talk at them. I can still, when I'm on stage, bro, I mean, you haven't seen me perform, I think, but maybe, if even, I don't even think you've seen me. No, no, not I, a full I, on I'm, show. I've yeah, seen I'm, the mic. But... I'm conversational. And I can see that. if we're telling, you know, I'm telling a joke or something like that, I'm naturally going to talk to the audience at some point. Mm-hmm. Now, there's sometimes I know, okay, I got a seven minute set. I got to get on, get off, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I, I might not have time to intermingle. But if I have a little bit of time or a little bit of leeway, then I'm going to talk to the audience and be like, hey, what's up, man? That's crazy out there, right? I know it's, it's crazy. It's snowing. We in Austin, Texas. Can y'all believe it's snowing? What the hell? You know, like, I'm going to talk. I'm not going to just shout my opinions at people, you know? Yeah, so yeah. when I figured out that I could do that on Zoom, bro, it changed. It, it literally changed night and day for me because I was still licking my wounds after that damn Twitch show. Bro, that <laughs> Twitch show, bro, almost made you did me one? quit. That one Twitch show, I did that one, and I took like a hiatus. I think somebody asked me to do an <laughs> improv jam. I was doing improv because I'm improv. And I was like, this is cool. I like this because we're all talking. But at, 
everybody could talk at the same time, but there was so much rules. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I need something that is not as strict as an improv comedy that I was doing online, uh-huh. but like not as super quiet as this damn Twitch stuff that I was doing. So I had to figure it out. And so I'll never forget that show, whatever that show, wherever that show was, man, I talked to the audience. Mm-hmm. And it was like everybody was watching that. Like I broke the fourth, you know, fourth wall, but it's it made the, the show better. Show, but it made the, but it made the, made the show go so much smoother after that. Uh-huh. And so I was like, "All right, game on. We can do the stand-up stuff the same way that we do real life. It's going to be a little different. There is a delay, and maybe your connection has to get better and all that. Right. But once I figure out my internet connection issues, and I figured out, you know, timing. I always tell people with this uh, online stuff, it made my timing better. It literally made me okay." With telling my, let's say I have a line, mm-hmm. I have two lines, first part that's that's my my, my premise, my setup, whatever. Mm-hmm. I tell that, and I wait. I let them catch up, and then bam, there's my misdirection punch right after. Mm-hmm. That didn't exist pre-pandemic, pre-Zoom. I had it, but at the same time, I would still just I wouldn't necessarily machine gun people, but I would have my moments where I would just be going, going, going because when I get really, you know, excited about something, I'm vivacious, and mm-hmm. I will just talk you under the damn table mm-hmm. and that's who i am on stage to an extent that guy still exists in some respects but with the zoom stuff he's a lot more um deliberate that's why so. you make so now you, you probably make more doing online shows than in person yeah with no, no? still all right good. not yet though I, was that okay are you going to join what's the next step is it the metaverse do you get the metaverse you know what that but see i don't even understand if the metaverse is is the metaverse just VR, or is there something that's different than the VR? No, it's it's supposed, as I understand it, mm-hmm. and then you know, as I understand it, you'll be able to like attend events with. Other, it's like Ready Player One, kind of. Well, that already exists, though. That was VR. Y- yeah, but this is. I think they're adding like either a sensory part to it or something. I know that it'll probably be. And you have an av- yeah, system. so you have an yeah. avatar, and then you just go to a show, and then there's a giraffe next to you, right? And that's a person as well. I know that. Yeah. So that exists already in a lot of things, but I would imagine with the metaverse, it's more focused, and there's more. I'm gonna say rendering, for lack of better terminology, but uh, yeah, I mean that to me, the VR. I did a few of the VR shows. And I oh, you say, have? Yeah. Oh, buddy, I've done comedy. God damn, man. I've done comedy every way that you can do comedy during this pandemic. I kid you not. Really? Yes, sir. And yes, the, sir. the VR was the was that the craziest? What's no, the... no. To me, VR wasn't the craziest. I think that Twitch show was the craziest because I had no feedback. Yeah. VR was cool because one, I already kind of knew what, what what to expect going in. Uh huh. Anytime I'm able to get feedback now, I'm game. That's always the way I am now. Like if you can, if, if you tell me to grab my phone and tell jokes into my phone. What's the little stupid thing that people do? I don't mean to call it stupid, but it's the, yeah. what's the little, cook at, not cook TikTok. The one where they just hear and only, like you just talk into it and you can only hear them. You can't see them. They oh, uh, Clubhouse? Clubhouse. Yeah. That was crazy to me when it first came out, but then I had to think about it. I said, well, yo, that's literally just voice memo. You know what I'm saying? Like Pretty much. Leave... They took the same technology and put yeah, it in that. Yeah. It's and so, the same thing. As long as I can hear feedback, I'm good. And so whether I'm seeing it, eh, seeing it's kind of cool, but hearing it is all I really need, truth be told. That's it. Yeah, but there's no, if there's, yeah, physicality in yes, your no, act. Then I guess, I, I, that makes sense. And yeah. I, I do have that, but 
Mm, I don't know, man. Like, I, I know that right now with the VR, where they're going, and I know they mocap. There's some kind of mocap situation with the metaverse where they can get your whole body. I know that VR, the only thing that we could do was the arm stuff, and you could physically move your avatar from place to place. And okay. so you kind of get some hand stuff, but that was it. So I'd imagine maybe metaverse gives you a pair of legs to. I guess you actually walk in, or yeah, I, I don't yeah. know what. Yeah. That, that sounds crazy. I, I can't. One, I think it's scary as hell. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. What's your quick? What's your what's your biggest hang up on the metaverse? My hang up is that I, I like this. I like seeing you touch, to touch you. Okay, okay. I want to see your face, your real face, not right. a lion or a fucking mermaid, whatever you're into that day. Right. Like I, I'm big on human interaction. Okay. And so, like I said earlier, you can't you can have the best technology in the world. And I don't know, maybe it's already here, maybe it will come in the next couple of years, where all this all the senses, like the you the the, the smell, the, the 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 sight, I mean all on the other ones. Pretty much like the movie Avatar. Not the not the airbender, but the yeah, Avatar. Pretty, yeah, the, the Avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you're into that yeah. and you literally just take your consciousness yes. and put it into something else. That'd be that'd be too weird. Yeah, that'd be too weird for me. That's scary. Back and forth on if I would be okay if, with if that the only yeah. case I would say okay. where that'd be applicable is if hey, you know what? You never really die. We take your couch consciousness and we right. download it on into this world, and you live in there with your with everybody else. That yeah. I'm cool with. Yeah. So you gotta get to live forever. But if I'm just going Saturday night when I'm gonna go to a concert with my friends, but when it's just gonna be me by myself in my room, mm-hmm. nah. No, and I think that that to me, in my opinion, personally, it's not supposed to replace that. Now, it's supposed to give people that, let's say, agoraphobic, right? That's the fear, fear of the outside world, mm-hmm. right? Um, people that um, have disability, ailments, like, disability sure. ailments, whatever. Yeah. Um, to me, this will give them an option to get out, and this will give them another way to get out. Uh, but that is avatar. Is in the it, guy like crippled? In Avatar? Yes, he's in a wheelchair. He's wheelchair. That's bound. right. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, wheelchair yeah. bound. And so, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see something like that replace the outside world because then you go into Matrix, right? Yeah, where there is literally the outside world is no outside world, and the inside world is the inside world, but that's the world. And so that's when it gets scary. Um, I think the part that freaks me out and right with me on this one is not being able to touch. So you described it briefly, and uh-huh. then you kind of kept going. So it's the like, let's say. Hand, hand. Right. We're taking the consciousness of this hand and putting it into this hand. Uh-huh. The part that scares me is this middle part right here. <laughs> you, you know, we're like, there's yeah. no, like, you can't touch anything in either or. Yeah. You literally can just see and just know. You know, like, that's the one that freaks me out. I'm like, okay, this is when I get freaked out, you know. I, it's, it's too much. I mean, look, if, if you just look at the rate of how technologies, right, it's faster and faster now. Yes, it is. I mean, well, I, I don't know how old you are, but I remember big tube TVs. I remember the floppy disk, and mm-hmm. I remember like you had a computer. That shit was a freaking you had a computer a box, yeah, yeah. Like you had that one computer that was your entire desk. Like yes. that's all you had room for. Yeah. And so, and now it's we have a computer in our pocket, literally yes. that's more powerful than you stuff know, they had that uh, flew to uh, exactly stuff, stuff like military had back then. Yeah. And, and that I just think I'm from the school. A thought of too much of anything is not good for you. Mm-hmm. Technology is one of them. Mm-hmm. And I speak now. I'm putting my daddy hat on. 
because I'm like, yeah, that's not too much of that. It's not can't be good for you. You can tell the difference. You have kids? I do. Okay, thirteen year old and eleven year old. Okay, so you remember a time maybe when I, I see it in my boy when you can't go to bed if he watches TV right before. Like there's something about a screen that just like hypnotizes them. And mm-hmm. then now you're trying to talk to them and trying to get them to go do anything. They mm-hmm. just went like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And then the, the more the image flashes mm-hmm. and it's all, and now the, you know, I'm not talking going to the violence or any of that stuff, but just the, the idea of being the fact that you'll be in front of a screen all the time. Right. And you know, parents that like, Hey, I just want peace. So here, watch, watch TV. I'm, I'm right, going to go do, right. do this. Right. So, too much of anything is not good for you. Agreed. It's the stimulation, and they have studies that are some extensive studies or so that, it, and there's a whole number of things. Mm-hmm. It's talking about screen time. It's talking about doing work. It's talking about doing things that stress yeah. you, things that maybe bring you up. If you do any of those in a certain time before you try to go to bed, it'll make it harder for you to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, they have like little recommendations and stuff about watching TV, eating, drinking, smoking. Um, I think sex is on there. There's all these different things on there that they're like, if you do this, like if you're trying to go to bed, stop doing this, this much amount of time before you go to bed. And so I know screen time is definitely on there and kids definitely have, my son can stay up all night. If I let him just, you know, rock out on the damn uh, tablet or on PlayStation. And when we have our holidays, which, you know, for me, I don't have my kiddos with me 24 mm-hmm. seven. Um, I'm the uh, non-custodial parent. And so for me, I tell you, hello, hello what up? Paisan, <laughs> Paisan. but uh, because of that, you know, when I get them, it's holidays, it's off, you know, out of school, whatever. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? Do your thing. You know, as long as you're good, you're here. I'm, I'm rocking with you. You know, sometimes I've taken them on the road with me to shows and like they'll be at the, we'll be at the hotel uh-huh. and I'll say, do your thing. I'll go to sleep, wake up. He's still playing. And for me, I, I almost have a, uh, I'll let certain things slide only because I'm like, you know what? Do your thing. But they're old enough now. They're old enough. And that's the difference. I think I have a different, different advantage than some parents. Mine is 11. My little girl's 13. And so, because my son's 11, I kind of let him, you know, get away with stuff because I'm like, dude, no harm, no foul. He's here. He's alive. He can give it back to mom. He's he's fine. He's still in one piece. His (laughs) eyes are red. Right. He ain't slept in 24 hours, you know? (laughs) But it is definitely something I am aware of. And I know I can do better. I know I can do better with that because that screen time, I have a joke about the whole thing about, um, you know, trying to get him off the screen for a little bit and we go out and do stuff. And so, for me, I do recognize it. I see it as a problem, and I totally overstand. I even understand anymore. I overstand. Did you uh, Did you watch a lot of TV growing up? I did. I did, and I didn't. It was weird, dude. I, I it's like my childhood is one of the most mismatched things ever. Um, I'm a very active kid. Come from a very like my mom's recreation, uh-huh. literally parks and recreation. I'm second generation. I actually started doing it myself, um, as far as working it as a career. And so I was out. I was in the camps. I was in every sport and activity you could think of. Yeah, so you were indoor-outdoor. Yeah, I was, I was an indoor-outdoor. I was a latchkey kid. And I would leave first thing when the sun came up, and I'd come back down there right before the lights came on. Yeah. But I still had my moments in front of the tube as well and watching stuff. But it was like, I think it was split down the middle with me, but I did a great deal of learning through TV because I'm a 90s kid. And yeah, same here. there's a lot of experiences that, I remember 
I was just telling a friend, I just did a show in uh, last week down in South Padre Island, down in South Texas. Uh-huh. And I remember telling my homie we were driving, I said, dude, I remember when I was like, shoot, probably like 10, 11, maybe even 12. I was like, I couldn't wait to be old enough to come to spring break. Because in my time, I thought spring break was just one place. I thought spring break, <laughs> every beach, it was just one beach. Yeah. And so I thought South Padre Island, Key West, uh, Florida, Cancun. Cancun. That was no Cancun. Uh-huh. I thought all of those were the same place. And I didn't realize those were all three totally different places. And that it only looked like that for the cameras. Now, Kappa Beach Party, all that stuff, I'm dating myself a little bit. Um, those things did exist, too. Uh-huh. But what I saw on TV was make-believe. It was it's done bullshit. Up. I'll it was, tell you that. Yeah. Did you go? Have you gone on spring break? I didn't because oh, so I got married early. So I, okay, let me tell you. I missed all of that. Let me, let me tell you. That. So I was, uh, and it's the same thing. Like I came here, and I didn't know about the whole spring break thing until okay. I moved here. I was 16 years old. Oh, wow. And a senior in high school. What? And I watched MTV and doing all these, ah, we're yeah. live and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so... When I, I think I, at 19, well, I went to Cancun with my friends. And it's all made up. Yeah. It's all made up. I, di- I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, the I remember we stayed uh, we stayed at a hotel that was far out. Like, you had to take the bus. It was the cheapest hotel. Yeah. Uh, but MTV had their taping every morning. You know, there's our spring break special, whatever. Carson yeah. Daly is here. Snoop yes. Dogg is here. Conan yes. Electra's hosting. Yes. And that bitch can't read cue cards for a living. Oh, <laughs> shit. And so they say the taping is free to attend, but you have to be there at like 8.30 in the morning. Wow. You just parted your ass off all right. night long. Right. And they're asking you to come. So everybody's like, yo, I'll go. You know, I want to be on TV. So you stand in line. Your eyes are fucking red. Yeah. You haven't slept. Yeah. You're still in the clothes from from last night. Yeah. You're standing in the line. There's like what, maybe, aren't it people uh-huh. trying to be, trying to be like in the on, on in the show? And then this lady that walks to the crowd mm-hmm. with uh with earpiece. She goes, "Okay, you uh you get on stage. You got big titties. Uh-huh. You get on stage. You have a cool hair." She would actually say yeah. why you get to be on stage next to Carson Daly. Yep. I got picked. Yeah. You had a look. No, because I had cool necklace. That's, that that's was it. Look. That was a look. It wasn't even you got black. No, <laughs> it was because you were black. Yeah, that too. Yeah, you're black and you got a cool necklace. They're trying to not look like, no, 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 there's black people here. We got black people too. You, quick. <laughs> and they make, so you get on stage, you sit there, and they tape in this whatever segment, and they ask Carmen Electra to read this cue cards. You can't do shit. Mm-hmm. You can't read. And we have to do all these stakes where it's just the crowd yelling. Mm-hmm. And you got to do 10 of those. Yep. Yep. Ten of, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. the ten of yeah. those. The people are like, yo, fuck all y'all. We we came here like without us, you don't have a show, right? You know what I mean, right? And I'll I'll never forget they fucked us over. I think I told a story on the podcast before. Anyway, the the last the the same lady during the taping would go through the crowd and invite people to an after party like it was the last day of their MTV spring break special mm-hmm. and she would go walk to the at the bar like hey we got this party here's here's the here's the card uh you have to be at this club at this time dressed up ready to go yeah and she picked out people in the audience she picked us and we go all the way back to the hotel get ready get all decked out and everything and it's way out cuz our hotel's the furthest one yeah. on on the strip we get to we uh, we get to the club and it's about twenty five people. Okay, waiting. 
And then somebody comes out and goes, uh, now the, the party got moved. It's going to be at this other hotel. Mm. Like, okay, call a bus. So they call a bus. Get on the bus. And we drive out for about 10 minutes. And the thing in Cancun is that there's no bus stop. No. You got to tell the bus driver, stop, auto. And then okay. you stop and you get off the bus. Yeah. Some some idiot, I think it was one of the MTV people, I don't know. Some idiot said auto too early. Oh no. We got off the bus At and the we height. and we walked. How far? Uh a good three miles. That ain't fun. No? That's oh, they it's hot as fuck. That's not spring break. No, 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 hold on. It gets worse. It gets worse. <laughs> Guess worse. We get we get to the hotel that we're taping the thing. We're like, yo, we're gonna see some celebrities, blah, blah, blah. Uh-uh. Come up to the pool. And it's uh uh they're taping the very last segment. And the same lady, all right, you over here with the big titties, you over there with the necklace, you over there because you had a cool haircut, you look buff, take your shirt off, stand right here. They didn't give us nothing to drink, nothing to eat. There was no music. And I said, fuck this, I'm out. I, I left in the middle, <laughs> the middle of taping. I, yeah. went, I went to the club. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, this whole spring break shit is just. I had fun. You know, got on boats and shit, but I'm like, no. Y'all were a commodity. Is... Y'all literally were unpaid extras. Pretty much. That's yeah, what it was. They worked y'all like extras. Yeah. I've heard of those things before where you go and um, it still happens in comedy tapings and all that. You'll see people get put. Really? Per, hell yeah. They put people in the front. Uh, you'll have coaching going on. Like I watched a few uh, guys here have a, I think it was Comedy Central or something. They taped a special, and a lot of us comics said, "Let's go and go watch and support mm-hmm. our brethren." You know, and they were like, "Late came out. I want to make sure if you're doing it, you're laughing out loud. Make sure you're laughing loud. You, I want you guys here in the front because he knows where the camera's gonna go, and they know what they want to portray. Yeah. And so there's always the exotic looking black person. I'm not gonna say gender. Black person that gets put close to the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes people that didn't even come together get set in certain areas, you know? Oh, shit. I didn't know that was yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And so. Uh, your, your wife ugly, man. We're going to hook you up with right, you, bitch. Right, right. <laughs> and so I laugh because I already know me personally. I'm not TV uh, cute, whatever it is. And so I knew my ass was going to get set in the middle and hidden. And so I remember I watched one of the specials. Let's see if I could find myself. I saw my foot. And that was <laughs> that was the cutest thing about me. I put his foot on the camera. But now, nah, man, that's a real thing. And I know that um, part of me wanted to believe that it was some amazing stuff going on in spring break that I missed. I still think there was some fun there to have, but hey, my was- life didn't wasn't that. I was playing football. I played football up until I was a uh, nineteen twenty years old, mm-hmm. and so because of that, I didn't have the same responsibility as anybody else. And then when I stopped playing football, I was in this long-term relationship and I was working full time. And then I was married. <laughs> the next I had kids and it was like, you go. you're going to, you're going to take off of work and go do spring break. Really? <laughs> really? This would be like the closest. Here's the closest I got to spring break that MTV. My ex is from Corpus. <laughs> okay. That's as close as I got. Spring break. We Corpus. went to Corpus Christi. What the fuck you doing, Corpus That's Christi. it. They go visit family. That's what you do. <laughs> go visit family. I've never been. Go visit family. Go to the beach. And then find out your in-laws won't let you in their house until you <laughs> take a damn bath using a water hose in the backyard. That's what you go to do in Corpus. <laughs> it's spring break. I think, yeah, it's a, it's a break in the spring. It's about Bro, it, it was a break, man. It wasn't even a break, probably. Nah, it wasn't because I'm was, recreation. I told people. 
my job, I worked hardest when people were off and playing. Mm-hmm. My job was to facilitate play. So no, spring break was a big time event for me. It was like our tournaments and camps and all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I never got to live that life. And so that's one thing that I definitely did miss. I was joking to myself. I was like, just come back down here and be the old dude at one of the spring breaks. Check Yo, you, for, first of all, there's never a good time to have kids anyway. It's never. Never. In your 20s, you're going to fuck up your 20s. In your 30s, you're like, God damn, I get my shit together. In 40s, like, God, by the time they're by the time they're 10, I'm 60. Like, what the Facts fuck am I going to do? So there's never a good time. There's not. Never a good time. But when it happens, I always believe that you can't, uh, and that's just me, you can't lose yourself. Like, it's, I get it's all about the kids for a minute, and then you, you, you got an early start. So, you know... 50 will be your new 30 or whatever. I'm having fun. Like the beautiful part about this. I'm not saying you're miserable. (laughs) No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm having fun. You don't know the joy. You have to say that. I know. You have to put that disclaimer. I'm having fun. Anyways, guys, it's fun. I love my life. Yeah. Nah, but I I really do enjoy it. Like I don't really regret anything. Like it's so weird to say that. Like I'm divorced. I am the non-custodial, et cetera. But I don't regret that because for me personally, I've had so much fun. And I, I'm not saying this is if it's over with. Mm-hmm. But if I look back right now from what I've done, mm-hmm. I've had so much fun. I've had, I've, I've, I'm from Austin. Like, I live in Austin. Mm-hmm. It's damn near spring break every weekend here. True. Just being honest. It, like, all that debauchery that you can think of, anything that you could think of that MTV portrayed, that happens here, not even on a weekend basis, but, like, almost nightly basis. There's some party. There's some kind of thing going on. And so because of that, I've been around a good amount of that type of stuff. So I tell people, you know, I did a lot early. Like I did, I got a car when I was like 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And so I was the party dude. I was driving everybody. I mean, we found out we could party Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You're in Austin? Yes, sir. I'm supposed to just meeting you now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I've been here since 98. I'm a low profile. I've been here since 86. Shit. Mm-hmm. You probably know a lot. I mean, there's only 7% of us. Right, right. So, like dude, two of us are here right now. So yeah, pretty much. So somebody's like, missing their black black photo right <laughs> now. Like, missing their black friend. Where my black friend at? <laughs> Courtney? Buck? What? You know them too? <laughs> no, I mean, that's what it, look, at the end of the day, Austin is, a, I, I call it a high school. It is. Because it's, it's two degree separation. Yeah. You can't introduce people to nobody. Like, no. uh, meet, meet Mike. I don't fucking know Mike. Right, right. You, Mike and I go way back. Right, I'm like, right. All right. Never mind then. Yeah. And it's a competition of like, how long you've known this person, the long, who's known them the right. longest? I always joke sometimes. I, I tell somebody, I say, uh, my kids know me. No, no. That, uh, I know my kid, my friends more than I know my kids because I've known my friends longer than I've known my kids. Yeah. I believe that. <laughs> Same so here. Same no, here. but question for you then. So where uh, where did you land high school-wise? Is it 16? Westwood. I thought so. So you're more way up north. I'm So I'm North Austin. I'm uh, Reagan, Austin Reagan, and then just think of Renberg area. That's where oh, I'm okay. from. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not too far from you, but I'm still a ways away. So is, is that Round Rock ISD? Mm-hmm. No, it's Austin, right? It's Austin, it's Austin it's Reagan. A, yeah, yeah. I mean, I only went one year. I didn't. I didn't have the choice. What do you mean you only went one year? You say you were 16. Was you graduate early? Yeah. Look at you. Okay, I was about to say. Wait a minute. Wait, I was one year ahead. I was one year ahead in France. <clears throat> okay. So when I came here, they were like, "All right, we're going to put you as a senior." That sounds in high right. school. Yeah. And you have one year to complete the IB program. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, you did it though. Yeah, I was I was the first to graduate with a bilingual international baccalaureate diploma. How cool is that? French, French and English. Where'd you go college? Uh, uh, Southwestern. 
okay. first and then UT. So you're over in Georgetown. Yeah. Okay. Back was, when Georgetown ain't shit. Georgetown dude, was the old people. Oh my God, bro. Can we talk about Yo. Georgetown? I'm Texas State, by the way, which is doing it. San Marcos. Southwest. Going Southwest. Through, I know. Well, you said South. You said South. Say it again. South. What is it? It, it was Southwest, Texas. Well, no. Well, your, what was yours called? Southwest Turn. Southwest Turn. Southwest yeah. Turn so is Georgetown. Some people, I know. I know. Some <clears> people <throat> will get it confused. Like, wait, I, yeah. Southwest and Southwestern, two totally no, different places. No, Southwest Turn but was. The funny thing. That was the parties. University. Southwestern. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, Southwest was. I thought you said Southwest. Was no, terrible. we were not at all. We had no damn parties. No, what? no, no, no. Well, no. now though, here's the deal. Georgetown what? is different. Wow, Georgetown has grown and like you got. That's what I heard. They got yeah. a little square. I was driving. I was doing a little Uber, and I remember I picked up. I'm thinking I'm about to hit a lick. I call it hit a lick. Uh-huh. When you get a good ride. So I picked somebody up from one of the dormitories at Southwestern. Uh huh. And Georgetown. I'm like, oh, they about to go downtown. Austin's going down. Man. They went to Williams Drive. They went around the corner to to the, the little square thing. Main Street? I guess. I don't know. I guess so. Yo, there was nothing to do back then. They found something now. But, something like, <laughs> or go Williams Drive, where the, uh-huh. where the, where was it? Yeah, I think the H-E-B was already Oh, there, God, right? they go to that H-E-B. Was <laughs> no, it was a Starbucks and H-E-B. Starbucks? No, but, because <laughs> I remember the, the, um, the apartments uh-huh. were across the street. From campus, kind of like okay. how UT is when you split, right. like you know uh, Guadalupe, right? Jester and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a Jester. Okay, okay. not not Jester. Uh, it was called Ruder. Okay, okay. Ruder was uh, at a uh, the the freshman dorm. Okay, uh, for dudes at Southwestern, and then they had man, what was the name of the other one? Moody Shern. That's some weird ass names. But yo, Southwestern mm-hmm. was I think it was representative of the Austin population back then. I think it was less than eight percent black. Feels like it. It really was. It was liberal arts school. Yeah. Not cheap at all. No. And everybody had the same background. Where are you from? My name is Jason. I'm from Dallas. What's your name? Right. My name is Michael. I'm from Houston. Right. What about you? I'm Tyler. I'm from Dallas. Felt the same way. About it's Texas the same State. shit. Huh? Yeah. I felt like Texas State. I feel like it was everybody that was in my freshman class uh-huh. was all Houston or Dallas. Like it was like literally you'd be hard pressed to find anybody. And now I realize how big they are. Yeah. So it makes sense. But everybody was Houston, Dallas. And I was like, is anybody from Austin here? Like, no. I'm from Austin. It was me and one other guy. Let me tell you. Let me ask you this. You may know this cat because I don't know what year you're out of high school. There was a big dude. Randy McAdams played for Leander. Like, giant white dude. I had no time for anything. Okay. Then, you know, I, was, I, was trying to figure I, out I, hated, I hated high school. Yeah. I had no time to do shit. You were there for one year. How did you hate it? But then again, you did so much work, though. because I had, I had no. Right. Okay. When, when you get thrown into... Uh, a school and English is not your first language and you're in the IB program which is college level courses right and I'm in there and I'm like I ain't got time to make friends no you don't I didn't go to singles uh game nope I knew I knew a couple dudes on the team but they were not my friends I just knew of them right and I I went to one pep rally. I thought it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because mm-hmm. it made no sense. Like, you're, you're going to stand there and yell, go team. Mm-hmm. I got shit to do, man. That to- was me in college. Like, believe it or not, going to this party school, I only had, like, I tell people I was married the whole time I was there for the most part. Because I was playing football, uh-huh. which was a marriage in its own. Right. And then once I was no longer playing, I was in a committed relationship, which later became a real marriage. Yeah. And so everything you're describing was my life at Texas State. It was like, Yo. go to this, go to this class. Run by people as you're walking through the square, wave at a few people, and then get to the next class. Then when you're done, 
get in your car, go to work. <laughs> that was it. I remember the seniors at Westwood were the only ones that were able to leave mm-hmm. for lunch. Mm-hmm. I would walk to the H-E-B across the street yeah. and have lunch there. Yeah. And I always remember it was raining and I was I went to H-E-B, ate my lunch, and I just walked back and I go to class. And I'm, I'm soaking wet and the dude goes, I saw you walking. Where do you park your car? Mm-hmm. I, what makes you think I have a car? <laughs> I just got here. On standard, everybody got a yeah, car. I'm like, That's crazy. First of all, you could have picked me up. Right. Sure. Like, I know. I never say anything. If I see somebody on the bus stop, hey, man, I saw you on the bus stop. I never go like that. I'm just like, oh, you took the bus here. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, that's and, and it's it's every, my reference when it came to the high school life, mm-hmm. it was Saved by the Bell. I thought it was just that's what, that, at, at all the shows, yeah. Saved by the Bell was the go-to because we had it in France. Uh-huh. So the whole idea of the concept of you got lockers. Right. And there's the cheerleaders and there's right. the football players and right. there's the weirdos and there's the geeks and the, the emo kids and the all I'm like, wow, that's actually real. Mm-hmm. To me it was just for the show. Mm-hmm. But when I got here and I saw it and I was like, Yeah, that, that I have a locker and people walk around like shit don't stink and there's the hot girl that everybody wants to fuck mm-hmm. and there's the football the football team and mm-hmm. the, the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Wow, that is a totally different we didn't have none of that growing up. No. Like, you go to school to go to school. Right. And you get your ass home. Like, there's that no... That was it. Yeah. There's no office hours. Yeah. We didn't have that. No. There's no hangout with the with the teacher after class. I mean, you go to... You get to school at 8. 8 o'clock, you leave at 5. Like a job. Yeah. yeah it's a job. And you got, you know, an hour to eat and 15-minute recess. Yeah. Morning and afternoon. And that's it. And nobody trying to hang out after school. But yeah. here it's like, oh, there's this club and that club. Socialization, like, yeah. Socialization is no. super key here. Yeah. And we don't have school sports either. No. So I had no school spirit. Like you're telling me to paint my face brick orange because I go to YouTube, like, fuck off. I'm not doing that. Right, right. And I went to, and, and I, you went to Westwood too. And they were doing orange there yeah, too. They were yeah, they were orange too. Yeah. Yeah. Orange yeah. Things, yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. It was good you but, went to Southwestern there because they ain't got no sports there. Yeah, I didn't know sports. Yeah. Oh, we had, I think yeah, we had baseball, baseball and, and tennis. Say. Always got. That's like we did like, have soccer. We did what? have soccer. Yeah, we did have soccer. That's how my boys played soccer. That. Okay, but we didn't got nothing else. And then I went to UT, and I never went to. I haven't gone a single football game at UT. Okay, I didn't give a fuck. That's not surprising. I've never been to a football game, but it was a different reason for me. Once I stopped playing football, it felt so weird to go to go see, one to, to go watch one because I had this stupid idea that if I was there, people would look at me as a failure. They're like look at this big dude. Oh, I was really? playing. Yeah, I just felt like I would look too. <laughs> Does that much. happen to now, people? Like, why don't you playing? You on know, the- I wonder. I wonder. I need to talk to my friends. Anybody? I think anybody that goes six six and above. And I'm you're black. black. You got to be black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're six six and above, and you're a black dude at a basketball game. And let's say something bad happens, and they're just looking at you like, what the hell? <laughs> Their center gets hurt, and they're like, "God, we need a center. Can anybody stand up and be taller than six foot six? Well, like, Sean, get your ass down here. Yeah. Like, oh, come on, dog. You know. But I always, I had that weird thing. It was like such an insecurity for me, and I just made peace of that with that probably like five years ago at the most because I remember I was like, I've never been to a varsity sport that I wasn't mm-hmm. playing in. Ever. Oh. Ever. I mean, like, literally, even when I was in high school, I started playing varsity as sophomore year. And so after that, I was like, I'm not going. If, I, if I'm not playing, I'm not, I have no reason to be there. 
And I started playing varsity technically full-time junior, but I was playing varsity level mm-hmm. at my sophomore year. But they had me going back and forth between JV. And I remember I was so mad because I had a few friends that were just full-time varsity, mm-hmm. but they got like literally like no playing time. And so I remember they were like, dude, we wish we could do both like you. So I ended up able to play a little bit more mm-hmm. because I got some of the JV games and some of the varsity games. But I just remember like having this weird thought like, I can't be one of those dudes that wears a jersey and goes and watches a sport. I'm supposed to be wearing that jersey playing. And obviously when that dream got dashed, I was like for a second I felt like, <laughs> what do I do now, you know? And, and so becoming a comic was fortuitous because I don't get a chance to pay attention to sports and stuff now. Oh, you don't anymore? I don't. You, I, you didn't care about the, the Dallas Cowboys? I was, so you know how I found out? Social media. That's how I knew that they lost. Yeah, there's, there's memes already. That's it. That's it. I mean, I do watch, like, um, I'll go watch the replay of stuff. Like, what I'll do is I'll watch, like, the replay on YouTube. Well, your time is precious. That's that's what it right, goes Right, right, right. That's off a four-hour game. Yeah, I don't. And, like, even Super Bowl, I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, dude, I haven't watched a full anything in a long time. I like basketball more than football, so that also has something yeah. to do with it. But, like, when I became a comic, I lost track of everything. I remember I signed up for a, uh, I always tell a story. I signed up for a open mic at Cap City back in Cap City. Yeah, Sunday uh, nights. Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it was Super Bowl Sunday. I was just trying to get on, and then I remember like they were like, "Oh yeah, no open mic because of the Super Bowl." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it is the Super Bowl." You know, I was like, "Why they cancel open mic?" You know, I don't. I don't even. I don't think there's a sports a sport that I follow like religiously. Yeah. No, there's none. I'll watch. I'll enjoy a good soccer game, or as I call it, football with the foot. Okay, the original yeah. football. Yeah. Um, like the African Cup is going on right now. Okay. So I'll watch that as much as I can. Yeah. You know, with the delay. I mean, it's in Africa and all that, but mm-hmm. I like a good game. I don't have a. I, I don't get the oh, I gotta pay my face, and I gotta if yeah. they lose, it ruins my day. Like last night. Yeah. Kid you not, I saw people just like bummed out because mm-hmm. the Cowboys lost to There's the some 49ers. some people that are really going through it. I'm yeah. like, it's really? That, I mean, to each his own. Mm-hmm. I respect the dedication. I respect you buy the jersey and you feel like you're part of the team. You scream at the TV like they can hear you. Right. I get the passion. I, right. I always have respect when people have passion for shit. Yeah. But what, when it gets down to, oh, they lost, so my day is fucked. Mm-hmm. Eh. <laughs> I'm like, there's bigger things to worry about than a team. You have no, you have no impact on the outcome here. I respect that. I think I respect that vibe. I get both sides. Like one, I'm like, trip, you tripping, chill out. But on the hand, I'm like, you know what? That's what you're passionate about. Do it. Fine. I still have a thing on my list as a bucket list item that I want to go watch a real soccer game, the Euro Cup, whatever it is in their stadium. And I want to watch the pageantry that comes with all of that. I love that. I love the fandom. Yeah. Um, oh, soccer is another level. I love the fandom of that. I yeah. love, honestly, anything that people are passionate about, almost the same thing you yeah. said. I love the fact that you geek out over that. Like high school, one of my, it's not even a real regret, but it's a slight regret. Uh-huh. Is that I wish sometimes I would have played football, high school football at one of the little small towns here in Texas uh-huh. to get that vibe that like that traditional, you know, varsity blues ass Friday night lights vibe. Uh-huh. I played public school. And so I got a taste of it, 
but I really didn't get a chance to experience the full pageantry of it, mm-hmm. of the you do something good in this game. Now you get to walk around town like a big dick because everybody knows your name. Right, right, I right. didn't get that. you know. And I was like, yo, I thought that was one of the coolest things ever. Because when we played those guys in um, the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, we'd go to the Lockhart's, the Burnett's, the Fredericksburg's, the et cetera's. I got to see those guys being lauded. Yeah, you know? yeah you're, you're like the guy. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I was like, man, that would have been a really neat experience to have. But I still enjoyed playing my public school stuff too. But damn, a part of me wonders, man. Like you go over, it's like a was the metaverse or something. Yeah. The other verse <laughs> of Courtney who went over and played in Del Valley or played in Lockhart or played in Elgin or moved to a whole other state and played in that little small town. Because I don't know, I get how some people peak in high school. Like I used to not understand that for a long time. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, I totally understand. Especially like you look at sports now, I don't know what you pay attention to. So. Although I don't watch sports, mm-hmm. I still pay attention. So it's more of social media. So I'm looking at your high schoolers that are coming up or your – For material or just for the sake no, of – No, I don't look at stuff for material. I look at sports stuff just because I have a vested interest in it. I really do. Yeah. I like the highlight. I love the, That's the thing I love about social media, YouTube, et cetera, is that it made this new version of a highlight tape. Yeah, no yeah, longer yeah. did we have to wait for ESPN or NFL films to do I stuff. Agree. Now you can literally watch somebody you like and piece together clips of their stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I love that part of sports. And so I watch who the latest and greatest is, how these kids are coming up with these crazy UIL deals and they're being millionaires before they even graduate high school. I love all of that because they are pushing the damn machine. Mm -hmm. LeBron James was pushing the damn machine at 16. At 16 years old, he was pushing – you were looking at ESPN sometimes just to see if they're going to talk about LeBron James. Mm-hmm. You'd get uh, him on the Slam magazine cover. You bought the Slam because you're like, that dude's going to be da-da-da. Yeah, and yeah, there yeah. were a few guys before him that did something similar. And I so, mean, Kobe, Jordan. Kobe didn't get a chance to do it because he was, he, was, he was probably, I think Kobe Bryant was maybe five years uh-huh. before they really were able to just like get in and follow your ass around as a high school. They could run up an interview and all that. Right. Cause before we're like, he's just a kid stay out. But then when he played the McDonald's game, okay, we can talk to him a little bit or the local news, uh-huh. but LeBron. And I want to say there was a guy by the name of, um, Amari Stoudemire. I was count Amari Stoudemire really is the first guy that really got on this one. Cause he was the first one that I saw on the cover of a magazine. He was the one doing the photo shoots and you could tell they were flying him around. I knew they were flying all the other guys around before. Uh-huh. But Amari Stoudemire, you could tell without a shadow of a doubt, first and foremost, college was not a question. Mm-hmm. You could tell that he was like business money oriented. Like Kwame Brown, right? Yeah, Kwame Brown, the guy that was the first overall pick as a high schooler, he came out of nowhere. We didn't know who he I was. I don't even know who that is. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Call me Brown. We don't even know. Look him up later. He's in the in, in stuff because he's talking trash to people right now. Uh-huh. But anyways, he came out, and I think he was 2001 because it was Michael Jordan's – no, no, 2002, 2001. 2001. Uh-huh. Michael Jordan's uh, last year was 2002, the year before LeBron James showed up. We could talk conspiracy all we want. But anyways, <laughs> what was crazy is that when Amari Stoudemire came out, Amari Stoudemire was 2002, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. He – was well-documented. He was already larger than life. He's like 6'11", 6'10". Mm-hmm. But he was like, you could look at him and you could almost tell he had the it factor. You didn't have people able to do that and slide by before him. 
Now, we knew Kobe Bryant had the it factor, but look at Kobe Bryant. He didn't get drafted till what? Was he like eight, six, something like that? Well, I mean, it might I, have been I, later. I, after, Dor- after Jordan, uh-huh. I remember there were a lot of, oh, who's going to be the next guy? Right. I remember at one point it was Grand Hill. Uh-huh. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Grand Hill was going to be the guy. Well, uh, was Grand Hill older than, than Kobe? Was Grand Hill before Kobe or were they the same draft? Before. Grand Hill was before Kobe. I think he was. You might be right. I don't, I'm not going to question it. because I don't want to Google do, it. Fuck yeah, it. Let's just assume it. it is. But no, we you're right. Check it. There were so many people there looking like, to who, be the next. Who, who's going to be the next guy? Because right. you had you had Magic. You yep. had Bird. Baby you had Jordan, Isaiah, Ryder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we got MJ now. Who's going to be the next whatever? Right. And it, it's like, uh, I remember at one point people were like, oh, like Allen Iverson was going to be, you know, the next kid at one point. But mm-hmm. it was the same. They were the same the, draft, though. They were the same draft. And Iverson, I think, yes. was the number one pick out of that draft. Yes. But I, yeah. it's it's always, always going to looking for the next big thing. The archetype. Yes. 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 It's kind of annoying. Yeah. And, and I don't like that. And then, and then, beca- then became, it becomes overrated. I was tired of hearing about Steph Curry after a while. Yeah. After like after two months, I'm like, I right, fucked Steph Curry. I respect. That. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, mm-hmm. nope. And now do you hear about him that much anymore? No, I think we've gotten used to him. I just think that now you hear more about his wife than him, right? Well, you hear more <laughs> about his son than him. I think oh. his son. But then see, then I'm, I look at stuff. Me and you, I think we look at sports in two different avenues. I look at almost. I'm like almost purely social media driven. Mm-hmm. Like almost all of my information either comes from ESPN. Or if something pops on Yahoo, or me going on Instagram and I don't stuff. actively that's seek it. it. I do, I do. I, I, I don't. If it, yeah, if it pops up, yeah. whatever. But if it's a headline on CNN.com or whatever, it, fine. But I, I don't seek it out. It, it, to me, what I don't appreciate mm-hmm. in in sports and in fandom and in hey passion is when I get the shit talking. That's fun. Mm-hmm. But when you got to have good sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to, okay, well, they played better. We sucked. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be able to accept that and not just, like, keep talking shit the whole time. Like, I remember I play, I worked for the women's athletics department at UT. Okay. So I was the usher guy. It was set up for volleyball games and, okay. and talking games. And, you know, say A&M is coming to play the female soccer team. And we got our ass whooped 6-0. Mm-hmm. And those were great goals, uh, and I'm like, yeah, this is that was dope. I mean, just put the rivalry aside for a second and admit that that was a good play, right? But no, nobody would let me do that. Oh, okay. I, I clap. There was a header once, yeah, and I clap, and I'm facing the, I'm, I'm, I'm facing the audience, right? And I got all these dudes all like covered up in the long horn shit, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, wow, holy shit, did you see that? And yeah. they just booed me, yeah. I'm like, come on, man! You can't be that like, no way! You're you're either with us or against us. I'm right? Like, Fuck off! Yeah. Just be fair. I'm one of those. I go to my kids' games and like my son plays uh, football, and if I see the other team do something good, uh-huh. I'm cheering them on. Like one of the, if the yeah, other but the kids, you got to do that. The kids. I just, but I I don't know. I my fandom. Here's my thing, and this is and this is more of my pure sportsman. If I'm watching, like, because I am a Cowboys fan. Don't get it twisted. I'm still a Cowboys fan. Nice disclaimer. Well, no, I don't pay attention enough. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's I fine. couldn't tell you the. I know Dak, whatever. The that's only about thing it. that I know, oh, I know the players, but the only thing that I know that was really good was the Diggs guy. He intercepted, like, I think he had, like, more interceptions than he had games played. Mm-hmm. I got that. Stefan Diggs, I think, right? I One don't of them. I know, I know. I'm thinking out loud. But, anyways, my thing is, I can appreciate, even if I'm rooting against this team, mm-hmm. 
if the other team does something good. I'm one of those dudes that when I'm playing sports, this is who I really am. Yeah. If we're playing basketball, and you Jamie, Jane is sorry, Jane is when you shoot the ball and make it in their face. Right. Jane, turn. If you J me up, I'm going to give you five or give you props. Say, good play. Yeah. Then I'm going to come back and try to bust your ass on the next play. But I'm still going to accept that, yo, that was dope. Good play. And so that's how I am with sports. If, even if my team does an error or the other team does something good at the expense of my team, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, oh, I can't cheer for that. If it was something dope, I'm one of those dudes that, and I know this is a term may lose you on this. If it does, let me know. Right. If somebody dunks on my teammate and I'm on the bench, I'm one of the guys you'll see going, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Like, even if it's my teammate. Oh, yeah. Even if it's my teammate, my team gets dunked you just on. Cr- man, you just cross your ass. Did you yeah, see that? man. I ain't going to run up and dap the dude up after the game. Mm. Right? But <laughs> I ain't going to run on the court and go crazy. But that's just me. When I see something good, I see something good. The end. Now that, that's, yeah. what, that's where it's So at. I feel you on that. You want to pause? You want to do your. Yeah, we can pause real quick. All right. Hold on. All right, fuck it. We won't keep going because we have more time. Still waiting for this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's going to sound, my producer is going to have a fun editing this one. Cool. Um. So, yeah, why, why the comedy thing then? I know you get, You said you got the improv mm-hmm. background, and then why the jump? So the jump happened to me because I was always a storyteller. Uh, I was a person. You no, know, I get that vibe from you. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm long-winded. Yeah. I talk a lot. Um. And one of the things was is that I was always that person that was put in front of people, mm-hmm. and I was always a person that communicated well. That was something that was just I, I was over. You speak so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was me, you know. <laughs> and it was like the weirdest thing. Um, my real origin is I did a camp, and mm-hmm. my camp, which I talk about my Parks and Rec background. Mm-hmm. I remember um, doing like an activity and the way, you know, you do your activities is you have to be a part of it. Like I was talking about the sports, you can't just lead something. You have to absolutely take, like you have to actually take part in it. Right. And so I wanted my kiddos, I had a little group of seven to 10 year olds to tell stories because these little kids would like, if we're driving in the van or whatever it is, they'd be telling these horrible jokes and ugly, nasty stories and stuff, but they would be so like into it mm-hmm. and so i was like well you know what let's make an activity that plays to their strengths so i made a story time i got a little fake microphone and set up in front of some chairs mm-hmm. and set them down and said hey guys for the next 20 minutes story time go up there and do it none of them did it they were all scared of course and so i Public had to, speaking is right scary right, shit. right right so i had to go up there and lead it so i went up there and just did like some little fake wannabe goofy whatever uh-huh. and when i was doing that they, they're giggling, they're laughing, also they want to get up and they just ran with it. And so that became the way that we started that activity. Is I would always come up out of my office, I'd come from my office and go do that. Mm-hmm. And that would get them started. And so I just became this part of my routine. And I remember I was doing it and one of my coworkers saw me. She was like, dude, you're funny. You should try uh, what's it called? Uh, open mic. Stand-up comedy. You forgot open what mic. open mic is? Well, no, no. It was funny because <laughs> I'm trying to remember how she said it because the way she said it, I didn't know what she meant. Oh, she said comedy open mic or stand up open mic, something like that. I had never heard of the term before. Mm-hmm. I had heard of open mics, like you know, music or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But she said comedy, and I was like, "There's a comedy open mic, really? Were you were you a fan of comedy? Uh, Did you watch any? Nah, I didn't really watch. Like what I watched was comedic. Like some people will tell me, like, well, that's who was an inspiration for me. Obviously George Carlin because I'm a kid of the '90s, Sinbad, etc. 
And then I talk about John Leguizamo was the first person I ever oh, saw on TV man. that made me go, wow. That's some storytelling. That was amazing. Yes, sir. Shit. Freak and uh, yeah. even the last one he did about like the Latino story. Yes, yes, yes. History, history whatever. History yeah. without us, you know. And so for me, I remember, and this is way before I ever even had that little moment, but that was already in me. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, I remember going home. Talking to my um, wife because I want to say that this happened when I was in school. This had to have happened when I was in school, and she was like, "What do you mean stand-up comedy? You are funny, though. You are. Or you're not. You are. No, no, no. You are. Oh. You are. You are funny. <laughs> it what if funny that was she said you are not? Like, what the right, fuck is wrong right, with you? Right. That's what's next. No. But like, <laughs> so she's like, "You are funny," and I was like, "Yes." Yeah. So what if that's the thing you do? And I was like, "I don't even know how to get in it." I don't know if you got to get a certification or if you got to be, somebody has to come and give you the no, just be funny. I didn't know, but I didn't know any of that. Uh-huh. And so I remember I looked up because I'm a very inquisitive person. I went on my little workstation and I looked up comedy open mic, Austin, Texas. And I found this one. I found this list. What was the first one list. you went to? I don't Oh, The first one I went to was Cold Town Theater. Okay. Yeah, November 12, 2012. Oh wow, that long wow, okay. Yeah. I'm hitting I'll hit two I'll hit ten years this year. This year will be my tenth year. Thank you, thank you. That is a milestone, my friend. Yep. But uh I remember uh it took me two years just to answer that question. So I put those things on my computer uh-huh. and it took me two years to get the courage to actually go do it. So that was twenty twelve? This was two thousand and ten. Oh, you got to think. So I, oh, okay, okay, you so, went on twelve. Okay, okay. Yes, gotcha. two thousand ten was when I got the inkling. Yeah, the do it all of that. I, but I, I didn't do it until two thousand twelve, and so I'll never forget. I had some of the tabs labeled. Like one of them was because I wanted you to label your tabs whatever you wanted, and so I had one of them labeled. Oh my God, are we really going to do this? Then another one was, Holy crap, we're really going to do this. Uh-huh. But it took me two years to do it. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah, yeah. It took me two years. Get the balls to get up there. And... I, I got it divorced, and it was one of those weird things that it was the thing that, you know, kept me going, and it made me whole. And it was the weirdest thing because I played football since I was like seven, eight years old mm-hmm. until I was like 19, 20. And I tell people all the time, I didn't feel like myself. I felt like there was a part needed of me. needed something else. Yeah, I felt like there was a yeah. part of me that I was always kind of, that was always held, held in, at check. Uh-huh. Because people would be like, this, that, or you're too much this, or you're too much that. But when I started doing comedy, I was like, oh, this actually rewards me for being too much. This actually, they like me being too much. They like me being loud. They like me being boisterous. They like me being goofy. Mm-hmm. They like me going on tangents and rants. And now I have to figure out how to package it. Right, right, right. But initially, I was like, ooh, I like this. For once, I'm getting rewarded for talking too damn much. You know, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and people pay attention to me. Yeah, people pay attention to me. But the thing was, I was always able to keep people's attention. I was always one of those actor outers. I was always somebody that was. I, I, I'll, I'll say this: mm-hmm. the, the way that the, you talk and you open your eyes, like you can't help but like, wait, what was going to say? You know, you know, <laughs> you, and you do I, have that. I get you that. You have that going for you. I get that, and it's something that when people tell you that. You can do one of two things. You can deny that type of stuff uh-huh. or you can accept it and figure out things that you can do that allow you to utilize that. Mm-hmm. Those are my gifts. 
Those are my tools. Those are my gifts. Those are my superpower. Those are the things that make me uniquely who I am. Mm -hmm. And for me to deny that, it's like, you can deny it if you want. I don't know if you're a spiritual person or not, but I say you're denying what the creator blessed you with. Mm -hmm. This is how I'm made. I'm not made to blend in. I'm not made to stick oh, in, in a shit. group. I'm not made to, nah. to, to to fit in. I joke all the time, say I was made to fit out. I don't fit in anywhere. I don't either. I, I'm I'm not a homogenous mixture. I'm a heterogeneous mixture. I am a not even in the mixture. I'm like outside looking like why y'all in there a mixture, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> trust me, yeah. it's it's like I never I never wanted to belong. The whole idea that I I remember growing up and I, even more so when I got here, I'm like, yo, let's, let's hang out with the crew. I'm like, what crew? I don't, want, I don't need no crew. Not that I want to be alone, but like, I got 20 crews. All right. I ain't trying to be, oh, back is with these guys. Mm -hmm. Like, no, back is that guy, these guys, these guys, these guys, this group, that group. I was always that kid. That was me. And then I'll never accept being put in the box. Nobody, the every, everybody says that. No, here's the thing everybody says that, but they fit in one. Absolutely. They, and and they define themselves with that box. Absolutely. They'll say, oh, no, it's, because it's the right thing to say when someone goes, yes, oh, are you unique? Are you interesting? They're going to say, no, I'm boring as fuck. They're not going to say that, even if they are. But they, they'll just, they don't necessarily have the capacity to put out whatever is unique about them. So they, right. they go with what's comfortable. What's comfortable is fitting in with the rest. So right. you're on team whatever. You're on team uh Cowboys, you're a team comic, you're on team Republican, whatever that is, right. whatever your crew is, right. and then you're like, I identify with that, but I'm I'm more complex, but you have to find out somehow and bring it out of me. And 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 I think it's an exercise that some people do it naturally, mm. you know, and they, and they accept their difference. Like, hey, I'm not the, the next dude. Like I I I, I said this many times on the, on this podcast. There's something about have a, a unique name mm -hmm. that either people are like, oh, that's interesting. I want to yep. know more about a dude named, a black dude named Courtney. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Oh, your name is back. Oh, shit. Tell me more. Yep. And you have the ones that go, eh, not for me. Which right. is fine. Right. Which is fine. Right. I don't have to fuck with you. Right. You stay away from me. I don't, I don't have to fuck with you. But if you show a little bit of curiosity, you'll find out, yeah, there's the reason, like, this is my... This is the cover of my book. It has my name on it. Yes. And if you want to read some, you're going to have to learn. You have to open it, and yes. you're going to have to learn about it. Yes. And and your name is Michael from Houston. You have to tell me way more than that. Right. And you have to either get it out or, I don't know, I have to force you somehow and ask you interesting questions so you can answer. But that's a lot of work for some people. It is. And that's 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 who they are. And I think me and you both have that in common. I feel like we talked about this before. Is having that unique icebreaker. I always call my name an icebreaker. Yeah. When people go, Courtney, and then I made a joke about it once. I said, yeah, first thing they say is, oh, you know about Johnny Cash? You know, a boy named Sue. And then, or they'll say, I you know, know that. So I, it's like. Yeah. Uh, I get maybe got back and backed that ass up. See? You get Johnny you, Cash. <laughs> you probably already know what the next few words are out of their yeah. mouth, though. Yep. And now, a person on the one hand, could be annoyed by it and agitated by it. I'm pretty sure at some point we probably both were agitated because it was so predictable. Yeah. But then another point, we don't even let it bother us. It rolls off our skin because, one, we are not surprised by it. Mm -hmm. We're not offended by it. 
and we're owning our names. I know, I, I joke about it, but I tell the truth on stage that it took me 30 years to own my name. 30 I years. I can't believe what it was like growing up, man. I was, it was, and you got to keep in mind too, I was always bigger than everybody as well. Oh, that's true. That helps. So I, well, it does and it doesn't because remember, I talk about not being able to fit in. Uh-huh. I had a bad, I still have a bad posture because I'm always slumping and slouching and all that. Uh-huh. And so I always wanted to try to not necessarily stick out like that. Now, as a, um, let's see real quick. Okay, I got one comic in front of me. As a person now that's an adult, and mm-hmm. as a dad, I see some of those things in my children. And I don't necessarily say I'm going to break them, but I don't want them to ever be ashamed because they're bigger people. My mm-hmm. little 11-year-old is like probably all of 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. He's something big. Mm-hmm. My little, um, my, my, my 13-year-old, she's like 5'6", on her way 5'7", probably about to be 5'8". You know, it's like one of those things that I already saw what I went through. Yep. And on some respects, you know, I, I felt like I shielded them a little bit because people always ask, did you name your kids after you? And I said, I, did. I didn't. I didn't name mine after me. I did. I uh, did name... after my grandfather. Will we well, the thing that? was, I'm named after my grandpa slash grandma. My mm-hmm. great grandma is Benjamin. My grandpa is uh, Curtis. And so I'm Courtney Benjamin Creighton. That's my whole name. Uh-huh. And so I'm named after them. Um, but I just, it was weird because my name is, uh, it's unisex. And I wasn't going to name my daughter, who was my firstborn, after me. Mm-hmm. Because then they're like, wait, you're a junior? You know, like, I just I didn't know how to do that one. And so we got out of that. And then with my son, we just went something super unique. Mm-hmm. And I get credit for the spellings of both their names, by the way. I'm going to brag about that. Hey, <laughs> I did that. I did that. <laughs> Take it. I took that. But now, um, I love it. I love it. There's nothing about my upbringing, my, child, uh, my childhood, my come up that I would change. Because it made me who I was. Like I said, I was always in a bunch of different activities. I'm talking about space camp, golf camp, tennis camp, uh, 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 church camp, marine camp. I did every damn camp that you could think of. Mm -hmm. And each of them had their own unique ways of crafting who I am now. Some of them were things that were like, yo, I really don't want to do that shit. Um, When I become an adult and I have real say-so, I'm not doing any of that shit. (laughs) That's what some of those were. But some of them were things that I know made me who I am. And just to kind of bring it home on a comedy standpoint, I get to talk about all of that. And me talking about what I talk about, what I've went through, what I've been through, mm-hmm. some good, some bad, some ugly, some pretty, gives people advocacy to be able to talk about that in their own personal lives, to know that they aren't by themselves, to know that I've they, heard that. Yeah. I've heard that from uh, Sean Patton. Okay. Said that. He said, because we were talking like, comedy philosophy and, mm-hmm. and he was like yeah i i talk about my insecurities yes. to make people be okay about theirs yes yes um and i said i want and this is comedy or no comedy i've always wanted to what makes you you like what is it if i were to make a commercial about you what's in it right that i can't make that commercial about anybody else but you but what's you. in it yeah and so when you when you embrace how unique you are and you can throw it out and make people laugh in 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 the process and be like hey there's something cool about you yeah that people love people appreciate and but you're not showing it or you are and you're enjoying it or but for the most part you just want to fit in to be safe but step out of that like own it that's what own- i love about comedy and that's what i love about um improv which we didn't talk about nearly enough in this one but that's we fine. could do a whole another conversation on that one day is 
is what I do is like for me, I utilize the things. I kind of talked about it. The things that would, let me back up real quick. This is a cool thing. This is something that I, I watched. Uh, if you ever get a chance, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what to watch, but I watch these things. I'm a learner. That's what I do. Sure. What I do is I, I like to learn. And so I'll just type in something randomly on YouTube and let Rabbit a holes. person teach me about stuff. I'll let them teach me yeah. about how to start a salon. I have no, I don't, <laughs> that's, that's, I don't really want to start a salon, but I love the process. Right. Because anything, anybody that shows you a process, I think is giving you a glimpse, not only into their soul, mm -hmm. but they're teaching you something. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, there's checks and balances, there's steps, mm -hmm. there are things that universally you have to do before you can do this next thing, which is next thing, this next thing. Sure. So there was a guy that was talking about, um, his name was Ken Honda and- yeah, it was Ken Honda, and I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name, but it's Tom Bailu or whatever. He does a really cool podcast where he always does deep dives with his guests, and they mm -hmm. talk about things from cryptocurrency and NFTs and all this stuff all the way over to how to train your body to not crave sugar or to whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. So this guy he was talking about, it was he was called the Zen Billionaire, I think, or Millionaire, whatever. He talked about that um, working with people, what he would do to try to find out what their strengths were. So you have to figure out what your gifts were. Mm -hmm. The Tom guy said, I don't think anybody's born with gifts. I think we all have to learn it. The Ken guy said, no, I think people are born with gifts. What you have to do is look at what did you get in trouble for as a kid? Chances are one of two things. Either what you got in trouble for doing as a kid mm -hmm. or what your nickname was will lead to what your gift is. And I remember when he said that because I always I'm, I'm skeptical at art whenever stuff comes. Uh -huh. I'm like, what? And I said, Cordy, try on yourself real quick. Quick, quick. Mr. Microphone. That was somebody's nickname for me. Because I was always boisterous and loud. I think at one point I even had a fake microphone. I would walk around doing stuff like rapping, singing, or interviewing people, talking mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. And then uh, what did I get in trouble for? Being too loud and too talkative and not being on task. Oh, These are that's all interesting. Things that are what I do now. And I was like, well, I'll be there. Like, I had never heard that before. I kid you not. I had never heard something like that. And I was like, and I started thinking about my kids. Mm -hmm. I started thinking about my ex-wife. I started thinking about my mom. I started thinking about everybody that I know of. I'm like, dude, he's on to something there. You know, yeah, that I think about it. That, that's that's pretty on point. Yeah. That's pretty on point. You look at who you are now. And now it's just if you're fulfilled or if you're doing something, which most of us get lucky at some point. We have something sure. that we do that we feel like, you know, we I, can, I, I call it my humming stuff. You know, like you I've, I've always been envious of people, like by the time they're 14, like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then they just dedicate himself to that. Right. I went kind of left first, but I, I think I'd, I always come back to this. I want to entertain. I want to make, I enjoy seeing other people enjoy themselves. Yeah. I, 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 do, I do events. Yeah. I do, you know, I do podcasts. I, I like, I'm fascinated by people. And I've always been since I was a little kid. Yeah. And and being, I was talking shit a lot too, which you know, is why I'm. That's part of who you are. I still do, I, yeah. and, I, and I still do. But yeah, that that's pretty on point. I like that. I it like was that. cool. It was so cool, and I do things like that. All What's the name time. of the guy again? Ken what? So he's Ken. I want to say it's Ken Honda. Do not quote me on that. God, I be I get mad sometimes when I do people's last names. I'm like, am I giving this guy a generic racial last name, or is this really his last name? Is he a Japanese guy? He is. Yeah, Ken Honda. Yeah, okay, good. It, like, it sounds like a Street Fighter character. It really does, though, because I was trying and, to tell and, my girl, and, he, and I was like, e am I making this up or not? 
Then again, he might have made his own name. Who knows? But either way, I thought that was really cool. The guy's Tom Bailu. It's uh, I don't know what the name of his 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 little interview show is, but it comes across my stuff fairly often now when I'm driving. One of the things that when I'm driving, um, especially when I eat, I don't eat listening to music. I eat listening to people talk about the process of putting stuff together. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like. I just pick something random. I just say, "Yo, okay, how do you do that?" And I let the person just deep dive and talk about it. And what I found is every time they do that, there's something that I can find in there that I can apply to my regular everyday life and what I am attempting to do now. And even what I'm attempting to do is what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, the yeah, stuff yeah. I was kind of so uh, not coy about, but, you know, a little bit because I'm like, I don't like to just put everything out there. I'm still putting things together while I'm at it. But, uh-huh. you know, I'm getting calls. And I'm getting emails. I'm getting messages. It's working. You're doing it's something working. right. Yeah, you're doing it's something working. Right. It's something that I told myself, 2022, we're not going back. 2021, we're attempting. Mm-hmm. 2022, we're doing. You got, you got resolutions? You know what? I don't do resolutions. It's so weird. I just Vision I just boarding work. or any of that I shit? I don't even do vision board. My girl has a vision board, and I want to do that. But I don't vision board anything. I just... Get an idea, and I'll write some stuff down. In my oh, so tablet, you write it down, and I do it. <laughs> that sounded very. Only was that simple. Yeah, I know, but I do it though. Like it's something I, that I say, "Yo, I think." Like I, I'm gonna do another one of those little. Just roll with me. I had a cool <laughs> I know idea. You talk a lot, man. <laughs> hear me though. Hear me though. I had I'm a, listening. I had a really cool idea, right? And what's happening to me now is that I'll have a cool idea, and I'll be like, "Man, that's like a year." two years, three years from now. Uh-huh. And it's something that happens or it pops in my, like literally in my face, not my rearview mirror, mm-hmm. in my face, like, hey, you, you want to do this? And I'm like, yo, hold on. Oh, snap. I got I to gotta unmute real quick. I got to unmute on the on the Zoom and get in. Oh, it's time for a show? Yes. All right, it's fine. We can wrap it up. Gordon, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cliffhanger ending. It's a cliffhanger ending. I got to yes. come back.